We're all nervous. We're all scared. Before I jump on Facebook Live, I get butterflies sometimes. It's still normal and it happens. And I think you push it anyway. You go live anyway. You write the book anyway. You do the podcast. Whatever that is for you, you just got to go through it because no risk, no reward. And I'm telling you that if you take these risks, I mean, that's what being an entrepreneur is all about. You're going to see these rewards come back for you if you stay with it and you stay consistent. What's going on? Welcome to the Biz Women Rock Podcast. I'm your host, Katie Kremitzos. If you are passionate about growth in your business, if you are growing a purpose-driven business and you want access to education, to resources, and to other amazing businesswomen who can help you do it better every single day, then this is the podcast for you. And guess what? I am so excited to let you know that the Biz Women Rock Elite membership is now open and ready for you. What is the elite? Just like elite athletes have certain qualities that make them stand out amongst all the other athletes, elite business owners are just the same. And in the Biz Women Rock Elite membership, you are surrounded by all of your fellow rockin' biz women who don't take no for an answer, who are super obsessed with continuing to grow themselves, grow their businesses, and do big things in this world. And as a member of the Biz Women Rock Elite, you get special access to really in-depth targeted education that is available nowhere else in the Biz Women Rock community and specialized tools, strategies, and access to your fellow members in a productive way that will produce results in your business. You are not in this game alone, girl. So go to bizwomenrock.com forward slash elite membership and become a member today. So as someone who has run a local business for almost a decade and then grown a successful online business, I've been really curious to get inside the head of Stacey Tushel, entrepreneur, mom, business coach, and strategist, and overall driven biz woman. So 15 years ago, Stacey began a dance competition studio in her parents' backyard because she thought it would be fun. And after three years and having 100 people show up weekly, she realized that she should actually make her hobby into an official business. Now that business is a million-dollar company, and she does very little to make it work on a daily basis because she has built out systems and a team that does it for her. By the way, I'm laughing at the beginning of this because as you can hear, my daughter is screaming in the background, and it's going to stay because it's just going to happen. I have started and stopped this darn thing five times now. So welcome to podcasting in real life. Okay, back to Stacy. This reason is why over a year ago, she launched her online business that provides coaching and education to women who are just as serious as she is about building their empires. During this interview, Stacey shares how she was able to take her hobby and turn it into a highly profitable business and why investing in mentors and coaches early on in her career has had a serious 
impact for her bottom line. She also talks about how she was able to turn a let me pick your brain, Stacy" sessions into paying clients. How many of you can identify with that and how she came up with pricing for that? We also talk about the benefits of focusing on high-end clients and how to structure your time and priorities and how to delegate to leverage other people's time so your business can grow exponentially. I'm so excited to share this conversation with Stacy. so let's get going. And don't you see that Sedona is just so darn determined to get in every single one of my episodes. <laughs> let's go. Stacy, what's going on, girl? Thanks so much for being on the show. Yeah. How are you, Katie? I'm super excited to be here. Yay. I'm excited that you're here too. Okay. So yeah. I knew I wanted to have you on my show. It's probably been about a year now, I think, since we first sort of touched base, if not sometime within this year. And, yeah. and you've had a lot of changes within this past year. What I would really love to be able to give everyone a sneak peek into is a little bit about your business journey, because I feel like you are a wealth of knowledge when it comes to building both an offline and an online business. So can you give a little bit of a start as to like how your brick and mortar business that you have, yeah. how that even got started? It's kind of crazy story. And um, really, I think one of the big things for me was I grew up in an entrepreneurial family. So my grandfather started a business that's now almost 50 years old. So it, it definitely helped me kind of see the possibilities. But right out of high school, um, I wasn't even 18 yet. That summer, I decided to start a middle school competitive dance team because I was a dancer and I thought, how fun would this be to do? Well, you know, I'm going to college. It'd be my hobby. And I started completely for free because this was not a business. And I had 17 kids that summer in my parents' backyard taking dance classes from me. That's great. And um, <laughs> yeah, within three years, I was still doing it. And I had 100 kids coming to the backyard every single week. Oh my gosh. Are you yeah. serious? <laughs> would you just do this during the summers or you're doing it year round? No, I started in the summer, but I was doing it actually was like a 10 month program. So we would go for about 10 10 months and every year we'd get more and more kids to sign up and they would tell their friends. The dance moms would tell their friends. Everybody loved it. And it's so funny because it just shows you when you give value, that free value, you're going to get people to really want what you're offering. But then I was able to convert them into clients three years later. So I should have done that a little bit sooner, but <laughs> again, didn't realize I was creating a business. It was just fun for me. Three years in, I decided, okay, I'm actually going to turn this into a business. I decided to incorporate. And like I said, make this be a business. And all of a sudden business actually took off because it's funny when you start to treat your hobby like a business, how different things can be. So the backyard story was already 15 years ago. And now the story looks a little bit different. We have two children's performing arts academies in the Milwaukee area. We're serving almost a thousand students every single week. Oh my gosh. We have a, I know we have a team of uh, 40 employees and we gross over a million dollars a year. So oh, it's my gosh. unbelievable how that has transition and evolved. No kidding. And I want to make sure you listening get that. That's 15 years of evolution. That did not happen yes. overnight. <laughs> no. <laughs> and you know, even talking about the employees, it happened one employee at a time. I yeah. started as a solo entrepreneur for the first three years before I ever added somebody in. And then it was one person here, one person there. So even, you know, if that intimidates you, everything starts with just the number one and you constantly keep increasing. 
at what point did you say, Hey, I'm going to build an online business? At what point did you actually like have the time (laughs) to come out of that? Because typically speaking, a brick and mortar business as the founder, I mean, unless you're really doing some hardcore work to get the right people under you very strategically early on, you're really in it. It is what you eat, sleep and breathe all the time. So what was it that originally got you thinking, Hey, I need to actually do something online. I was really fortunate enough to find mentors very early on in the beginning. I mean, I had my first business coach at 21, mastermind, like everything. So I had a lot of people that kind of were in a place where I wanted to be at one point and I was learning from them. So that really helped kind of fast track my business and they helped me set up systems and hire a team. And they taught me that you can't do this on your own. So because I was constantly setting up systems and I was learning how to delegate, all of a sudden I found myself in this place of, okay, what's left for me to do? You know, everybody has a position and everybody's where they need to be. And I have a brick and mortar business that I'm trying to think of the day right now. We're open right now and I'm not there. So it just goes to show you that just because you have a brick and mortar business doesn't mean you need to be in the business. You just need to work on the business. And that was something I was fortunate to learn right away. I love that. So now here you are, you're thinking like, okay, the business system is working. Yeah, It's moving. The place is open and I'm not there. Is it that like, literally, yeah. is it like you got bored or were you okay, like, Hey, so- I'm like, yeah, I'm checking out Facebook and this, yes. what all these people are doing sounds really cool. Like what, what was the catalyst? And, and what was that concept that you were like, I could be over here doing something? Yeah. So it was a combination of honestly getting bored, which sounds crazy. <laughs> and then a Dude, combination totally, of <laughs> totally respect that. <laughs> yes. And then a combination of I realized I love being challenged and I can't be bored. Like it's just, yeah. it's not something I want to do. I want to do something. I choose to work every day because I love it. So I think it was just a mix of that. And then I was starting to get people to ask me, Hey, could you tell me how you're running this business and you don't have to be there all the time, or you actually get to go out and do things with us and you're not always there. Right. So people were kind of seeing my lifestyle and I have a, I have an almost two-year-old and a four-year-old. So they were watching me be able to do all of that and questioning how it's happening. So I think it was a combination of I'm already getting to be asked how to do this. And it's funny because just like I started for free in the backyard, I started for free going to lunch with people, Starbucks, getting coffee dates, things like that. So it just evolved into, Hey, maybe I could actually charge and and do this. You know, my people want to know how I'm building this. So combination of all of those things. So it really started out as far as that initial offering, it really started out being like one-on-one mentor or coaching or strategizing. Yeah. And I would really call it more of a hobby. I mean, it was just more, it was fun for me. I loved it. I wasn't charging. And then seeing, like you said, you're on Facebook and you're going, Hey, okay, this person's doing, you know, she's coaching online and she's doing that. And I love challenges. So I saw this as, I don't know anything about the online space, but this looks like kind of fun to learn. So it just evolved from there. All right. So I got to ask you for anyone who is probably, and this might be a lot of women listening right now for anyone who's like, dude, I have been having pick my brain sessions with friends or colleagues that I know. How do I charge for it? Like, I know I want to. I know my time is valuable. How do I turn around and make that offer? What did you do? And what you did you do it right? Or did you do it wrong that you can now look back on and say, I should have yeah. done it this way? How did you do it for those first couple of offers? And how did how would you recommend that somebody turning around and making that offer for the first couple of times do it? So I think it's that weird stage of, 
when do you charge, right? You're kind of like, well, can I charge now? Do I have to wait a couple times? I think I should have just known a little bit sooner. I wish I would have known sooner. I was running a million dollar business and my time was valuable and I should not have been giving that away for free. And I would have started this business a lot sooner because I would have realized, okay, people really will pay for this. So I think that was probably one of my biggest mistakes was not understanding my worth and my value. And I know that so many of my clients are the same way. So I can't imagine you're not seeing that happen with yours as well. So I think the big thing is we have to understand that we do have a dollar amount on our time. It's limited. We shouldn't be handing that out for free. So figure out what is that number for you. And we all have different worths and different amounts that we're going to put on that first private coaching call. So figure out what feels right. Got it. And to give my opinion here too, is that when I first started turning around and doing that, I like I chose that comfortable number that seemed comfortable for me then at the time. And I think it was like, I might have even said like 97 bucks for an oh, hour. Was totally mine. Oh yeah. my God. Yeah. Or like, and then it was like $197. <laughs> and I just kept raising it until like, if I got too many no's and I would sort of keep it for a little while, and then I would just uh-huh. raise it a little bit. So yeah, it doesn't have to equal the amount of what you truly think that your expertise and time is worth, but it just has to be something so that somebody has skin in the game when they come and talk to you and you feel like, okay, there is somebody is willing to give me money in exchange for my knowledge and expertise. And you build a lot of confidence that way so that you can go back and say, dude, of course, like here's my price for a 60 minute strategy session or what have you. Yeah, I agree. And I think, like you said, you build the confidence. So it's one of those things where, okay, if they'll pay 147, I bet they pay 197, you know, and all of a sudden you start making 197 sales. Okay, well, I bet I could raise it to 250 or or whatever that math is for you. So I think just start somewhere and feel people out. And then you definitely raise it because every call you do, you're getting more experience coaching, you're worth more. Yeah, exactly. Okay, so you've had your experience in your business running your million dollar company. Now you're sharing that expertise with other people who are willing to pay for it. You're kind of diving in deeper and deeper with more and more people, but you definitely have to learn this online space because I would imagine at some point you realize like I've kind of got to get known outside of my own local sphere of influence. So what did you do to expand your brand online as someone who could coach people, as somebody who could mentor somebody? First of all, I mean, I am just so in the online space right now that it feels so foreign to me to even remember what it's like to get started because I do it all day, every day. That really is where my focus is. But I think in the beginning, I had to understand that business principles are the same, no matter what type of business you have. So when, you know, there's a customer complaint, okay, well, how did I deal with it over here? I'm going to do the same thing in the online space or, okay, how did I get marketing? How did I get visibility? Okay, well, I did these things. Now the platforms might look a little bit different or the tools or the software we use, but the business principles haven't changed. And that really helped me because I'm able to draw from those 15 years of experience. But yeah, there was a lot of learning. And I think for me and for everybody, we just have to constantly keep investing in ourselves, know where your weaknesses are. Am I going to learn how to do that or am I going to outsource it? I mean, there was a lot of things that I just immediately went to outsource because I knew, okay, there, there's something over here that I need to invest in. Right. Just to kind of put a pinpoint in the timeline here, how long ago did you first start offering coaching services? 
So my first thing that I actually charged for was a year ago on Black Friday. So not that long ago, maybe is that a year and a half, maybe? Yeah. Ago? Yeah. Yeah. So not not really that long. I had somebody say to me, You really just are like an overnight success. To me, it no, it's because I've had 15 years of experience. So I'm able to teach a lot and give that kind of experience. So I think that's what's really truly helped me and my consistency. I have all the time in the world to jump into this business. I don't have it's not a side hustle for me. I'm really able to be at home working on it. And I really just pick my top priorities and I do those things. Okay. Well, I definitely want to dig into some daily habits here, but I'm going to pause that for a second because as it relates to one of your offerings, a foundational offering, which is really your mentoring and your coaching services, you've really got this whole theme called you can get high-end clients. And I Mm -hmm. feel like there is oftentimes, especially for somebody kind of in the weeds of building their one-on-one business, that feels a little off-putting and you sort of might feel like, oh my gosh, I can't ask for too much or I don't know how to find those people who will pay me that much. What recommendations or what strategies can you give to the woman listening who's like, I would rather have less high-end clients than more low-end clients? So what kind of strategies and advice would you give to anyone regarding that? First, understand that this comes from lessons learned. (laughs) And when I first decided, okay, I'm going to open up a studio, a dance studio, and we're going to be the cheapest in the area because then everybody's going to come to us. Like that was my thought. So we did it. And for, I think a couple years, we were the cheapest in the area. And honestly, when I finally discovered why you should be charging more and charging what you're worth so you can give more value and really deliver, we started to become gradually over time, the most expensive in our area. And today we are the most expensive always. There's nobody ever that's more expensive than us. But what's great about that is we get really amazing clients who don't expect a million things for the price of cheap, right? I mean, that's one of the things that bugs me so much is usually the cheaper rate you offer, their expectations are much higher. And that I just, it's really hard to work with people like that. So we end up usually being more expensive, but we really over deliver and give a ton of value. So when other companies nickel and dime you for this or for that, we usually are all inclusive and we throw things in. So people are always going, wow, I can't believe this is free. I can't believe I get this. Um, And I'm even taking that into my online space. I might do one-off trainings, but I'll always say, oh, if you're enrolled in this program, don't worry, you get that. And then people are like, oh, okay, well, maybe I should just do that because she keeps giving it. So I think it's a great way to really come out and do that. Now, one thing I've noticed too is I made this mistake still in the online space when I first came out. I did a free beta test program. Oh my goodness, never, ever again. Because (laughs) when people don't pay, they're just not as interested and committed. So you don't get the results that you want. They don't get results that they want. And I was starting to realize that the more they paid, the more invested they were and the better results they were getting. And the more I could give because I was actually charging what I was worth. So there's just so many pros to doing this model. And I can go deeper with less. You know, you can have a thousand people in a really inexpensive membership site or a high-end program with 20 people. Your 20 people are going to have so many better things to say about the program because they got so much more out of it. That is a really, really good shift to be able to make and a really good lens with which to look through it. And the one thing that I will say here is that if you have a pull to still be helpful and be a resource for someone who you know really cannot afford or is unwilling to pay for the high-end services that you have. I had a, a, a friend of mine years ago who said, 
the majority of my clients are these high-end clients and that's, it's great. I love doing that. But that allows me the freedom to say yes and give low-end offers to people that I really want to be able to help no matter what. So, Mm -hmm. you know, that your ability to do that actually enables you to help more and more people. If you do have sort of this heart for somebody who is in a lower grade of, of being able to invest with you. So you can do it all. You can service everyone. You just have to do it strategically. Yeah. And I think it's a great way for positioning too. So if you do have a higher price product and maybe it includes your time, whether it's private or group or whatever, but then you have this DIY version where it's much more affordable. So it is great because you can serve many people, but at the same time, it also says, okay, you can buy this product for 2000 or for only 199 a month, you can get this. And all of a sudden it's like, oh, that's such a much better deal. I'm going to go that route. So it kind of helps price position certain products you have to. Right. Love it. Okay, cool. Now I want to circle back around to the daily priorities thing. So it's one thing for Stacy for you to say, I just choose the top priorities and then I'm off. <laughs> and then, you know, business goes through the roof. Okay. Give me some realness of that girl. I need to know what are some of the habits that you have developed or some of the systems that you've developed over the years that work well for you mm-hmm. that allow you to really focus on those priorities. How are you structuring your day? How do you make sure you stay in line with it all? Give a little a bit of that insight as to how how you manage your time. Yeah. Cause easier said than done. I right. get that. I, I know. I know. So, and I have little ones. So, I mean, there's a lot going on. So with that said, I knew coming into this business that I needed to grow a team because one of the big, like the, I love this phrase. Somebody said, if you don't have an assistant, you are the assistant. And that has just stayed with me for years because you can't afford to make $10 an hour or whatever price that would be. So I knew I had to at least have one person working with me in this business. So I did hire somebody pretty quickly and you do have to go through that mindset of knowing that you can outsource some things to them. You're able to work on bigger things that can actually generate income. So I will definitely not have 40 employees in this business. That's for sure. When I said 40, that was strictly in the brick and mortar space in this business. I really, I have actually way more contractors than anything, but I really want to keep that number small because you don't have to have so many employees when you're talking in the online space. And that's one of the cool features about going online. I really believe you need to at least have one person working for you. Even if it's just five hours a week, 10 hours a week, it doesn't have to be full time. And I think a lot of people get nervous because they assume it's 40 hours a week, it's 20 or $30 an hour, and it really doesn't have to be. Right. So helping me build that team here has given me the freedom to go, okay, listen, I'm going to jump off as soon as we're done recording this podcast and I can go hang out with my kids. I have, she's got swimming lessons tonight and we go to those things and it's not like the business has shut down. There's just other people helping helping me run it while I'm not actually working on it. Right. So I think that's one of the biggest things you've got to take away is you've got to think about how can I have somebody work with me even just a few hours a week. My biggest thing is where should I be focusing my time? So some people will say, wow, you do a lot of Facebook lives. I'm, I'm shocked how much you're working. But really what they don't understand is when you see me jump on Facebook live, maybe three times a week, but for 15 minutes, you're only seeing me work 45 hours a week, right? There's a lot of behind the scenes happening that you might think I'm doing, but other people can do that for me. So for me, Facebook live is one of my top priorities and I can't jump on it enough because I'm getting so many video views and then we're able to retarget and all of that Facebook ad stuff, just crazy things you can do when you're doing your top priorities. So I think you have to really look at what can nobody else do for me? This podcast right now, this is me. Nobody else can do this. What are other things like that on your plate that need to stay? 
And then what are things you can start to delegate off your plate? So I think it's really looking at deleting some of the things because nobody needs to be doing them. They're just a waste of time. And then delegating what needs to happen. And then maybe just a to-do later. I have a parking lot of all of these really cool things I want to do, but guess what? I don't have enough time in the day to get them done. So it goes in a parking lot for a later date. Love that. That is a really, really good example. And uh, truthfully, like one of the things that I do when I'm working with clients to help them figure out, like, usually the complaint is I need more of me, you know, or I need to, I need to uh, clone myself. Right. And usually what I will have them do is start with a master list of what they do, like what they spend their time doing, and then start creating columns called I have to do this for my business. I love to do this for my business. And I really don't enjoy doing this for my business. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. And then that's when you can say, and because I think sometimes too, with the delegating and with getting assistance, it does you no good to pay somebody to do stuff for you if you are not on top of those things, if you don't really know what it is you're giving to them or you're not really clear on that stuff. So you do have to keep on top of it. And I think when you start extracting some of that stuff from your mind onto a piece of paper or onto a spreadsheet where you could see, okay, this is actually where I spend my time. And oh, that thing right there, even though I actually really love doing it, it doesn't drive revenue. And my company Mm -hmm. needs to make revenue in order for it to grow. So I could delegate that because truthfully, that's, you know, $10 an hour task or what have you. So you can start getting really creative. And what I do for practical terms is I have a Google Drive spreadsheet that I'll keep anytime I have an idea of like an action that I'm doing that I'm like, dude, I can add this to the ever growing administrative list. Mm -hmm. And then now I'm like, okay, here's a project I can hand over. Here's a thing that I really shouldn't be doing right now. And I need to now train, I call her my administrative sidekick. I can train her on how to do that. So I don't have to do it anymore. And then I have to let her do it over and over again. (laughs) Let's not forget that part. (laughs) You have to understand that when you give it to her, she's probably going to mess up and that's okay because it's a learning process. Yes. Yes. I am so glad that you mentioned that. Yes. So it's just a matter of training. So let's talk about the not so pretty parts. What has been one of the most challenging things or one of the lowest moments that you have had just in this past year since that is so fresh with you? Um, You've had a major brand change this past year. You've really going full force with this online business has been happening. What's one of the lowest moments that you've had and what have you learned from it? One of my biggest struggles this whole time trying to create in the online space was really, truly knowing I needed consistent revenue that was automated. I actually came out on Black Friday and I launched an online course to somebody else's list. And we did really well. We, for my first thing ever selling online, we brought in $11,000. I was super excited. And then next month I brought in $0. And I was like, wait a minute. No, no, no. I'm supposed to keep bringing in this kind of money. Like (laughs) what's happening here? So it was a really big lesson for me. And I had to go back to my brick and mortar and go, well, why is this so successful? And for me, it's because when somebody registers for dance class, they're on auto pay and it's for the entire year and they come back every single month. And I realized, okay, I can't just sell one-off products. It has to be something that can be monthly, can be recurring. And, you know, it was definitely feast or famine for me for a little bit. I would do a big launch, bring in a bunch of money and then spend it because I'm constantly investing back in my business. And then next month I'd be waiting because it's like you can't pitch day after day after day. Right. So I think for me, it was that big struggle of really creating something that is truly 
evergreen, automated, and reoccurring. So that was definitely a struggle. I was able to, almost a year ago already, finally create a program that was more of a group coaching program. It was something where they were in it for, I think, a minimum of six months, and then they could cancel it anytime afterwards. And as soon as that happened for me, it was like I could breathe again. Okay, I really have money to pay for all these expenses. I was spending more than I was making before that time. So that is by far my biggest lesson learned. Love, love that. Awesome. And I guess I really want to conclude with what have you seen as like the biggest success moment that you've had or something that you're just super proud of standing in this moment where you are today, having grown this brick and mortar business for 15 years and having now really successfully launched and you're in this online space for over a year. Like, What would you say that you were super proud of? Things might be scary or I might be afraid to tell people I'm starting a podcast or I'm writing a book or no matter what that is, that I just go for it anyway. And I think you have to get over thinking, well, I'm the only one that feels like that. I mean, we're all nervous. We're all scared. I mean, before I jump on Facebook Live, I get butterflies sometimes. You know, it's still normal and it happens. And I think you push it anyway. You know, you go live anyway. You write the book anyway. You do the podcast. Like whatever that is for you, you just got to go through it because no risk, no reward. And I'm telling you that if you take these risks, I mean, that's what being an entrepreneur is all about. You're going to see these rewards come back for you if you stay with it and you stay consistent. Love that. I cannot think of a better way way to end this interview. (laughs) Stacey, this was absolutely fantastic. You've given a lot of really great practical information here. Thank you so much for sharing about your journey and about what you're doing and all the insights as to how you have been building your business. I know it's going to help so many people. And I will make sure to have all of your links in the show notes. She's building her empire.com is the house where she presides. And I would highly recommend you go there, check out more about Stacey and everything that she has to offer. She's doing some great things and listen to her podcast. Again, all of those links are here in the show notes. Stacey, thank you so much for your time. Oh, thank you, Katie. This was so much fun. Thank you so much for taking the time out to listen to this episode today. I am so grateful that you are here listening. If you want to connect with your fellow listeners and start having more and more business conversations so that you can learn all the intricacies you need to learn about growing a business and growing it purposefully and making it grow beyond what you can possibly imagine, go connect with thousands of other business owners in the Biz Women Rock community. We have a private Facebook group that is totally free for you at bizwomenrock.com forward slash group. I look forward to seeing you in there.